You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. If you haven't heard already, and I'm sure you have, they have a new lineup called the Navigator Series. And in this Navigator Series, they have the Windrose and the Atlas. I personally rocked the Atlas all fall long, checking trail cameras, hanging tree stands, running and gunning, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's a badass boot, very comfortable, very waterproof, very breathable, and when you match that with a really good sock, your feet stay comfortable even in cold conditions. So check out the Navigator Series and all the boots from Lacrosse Footwear at lacrossefootwear.com. Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Ohio Huntsman podcast and today we are going to talk about purple paint laws. More specifically, should Ohio adopt purple paint laws? So if you're not familiar, purple paint laws in some states is a way to mark your property as no trespassing. You can put a purple stripe on um, you know, property posts or, or um, property line trees, things like that to mark and then that way everybody knows that, you, you know, the property's no trespassing. Um, Pennsylvania actually just just adopted this here um, late. I think it, I think they signed it into law uh, November of 2019, and it goes into effect in 60 days from then. So Pennsylvania just adopted purple paint laws. And so we thought it would be interesting to talk about uh, what it would mean if... We did this in Ohio, and there's actually um, a Senate bill out right now. It's in committee going through the process of potentially allowing purple paint as a way to mark your property as no trespassing. So that's what the, the blah, 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 <laughs> that's what the discussion is about today. Just our thoughts on that, sort of some of the history on purple paint laws, and you know, what it would mean if we had purple paint laws here. Before we get into that, one thing I want to ask you guys is like, share, subscribe, right? Uh, That's sort of the standard uh, like, share, subscribe. But if you guys enjoy the content, you know, if you like this stuff, give it a like, share it with your buddies, share it with your hunting buddies, and make sure you're subscribed. You can either subscribe to the Ohio Huntsman standalone feed, which is just Ohio Huntsman content, or now that we're on Sportsman's Nation, you can subscribe to the Sportsman's Nation feed, and our episodes are featured in there as well. So, you can get the content either way. Obviously, if you just want Ohio Huntsman content, subscribe to the Ohio Huntsman only feed, because not all of our episodes are featured on the Sportsman's Nation main feed. So, if you're just looking for Ohio Huntsman content, make sure you're subscribed to the Ohio Huntsman um, only feed. And you just search, you know, any of your any of your podcast apps. Search Ohio Huntsman, whatever you're listening to this on, and you should find our standalone feed. And then uh, one other thing want to talk about our sponsor Mastin's Deer Sense. So Mastin's is a premium scent company 
they make a great scent product and they've got a variety of products, right? They collect their product, they collect their scents on stainless steel, which is somewhat unique, right? A lot of other companies will collect on concrete and everybody knows concrete's porous or can be porous and so you can get off scents and things in that. So because they collect on stainless, it's a it's a more premium product. The prices are really, really good. You pay less for a bottle of, of Mastin's Deer Sense than you do of an equal volume of something like a Tinks or something like that. So the prices are good and they've got some different stuff. So if you're looking to try something other than just liquid scent, they've got scented gel crystals, they've got scented candles. So they've got... And, and when I say scented candles, I'm not talking like for your house. I'm talking deer scented candles. So check that stuff out. If you go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors, there'll be a link. Or you can just go to mastinsdeersense.com, order on their site, and they'll ship it right to your house. And so with that, let's get into the conversation about purple paint loss. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? So today on the show, it's Jacob and I, and we're going to talk about purple paint laws and maybe more specifically, should Ohio adopt purple paint laws? So for those of you that that don't know, because it's not a thing in Ohio, purple paint laws in, I think it's it was 11 states and now Pennsylvania actually just adopted it. So I think that makes it 12 states purple paint is a way of marking your property as no trespassing. So instead of using no trespassing signs as a way to mark, you know, your, your property boundaries, some States allow you to use purple paint on boundary trees, fence posts, gate posts, et cetera, to mark your, your property boundary as a way of telling people, where the property boundary is and that you don't want them on your property. Now, most states and, and, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know all, all the state laws, uh, at all really. But I think most states from, from the research I did, most states are by default, no trespass. So meaning you need written permission to access a property. Now I do think there are some states where, like you, if, if, you know, you can retrieve a deer, if you shoot a deer and it runs on the neighbor property, I think you can go get the deer or things like that. But in general, I think states are no trespass. If you know of a state that it's different than that, you know, send us a note, let us know. I'd be curious to know that. But generally, there are no trespass. Purple paint is just a way of making it clear where the line is and why these states have adopted it is the signs are hard to maintain, right? They're, they're paper or plastic. They, they, they come off, right? Windstorm blows them off. A trespasser tears them down. Something of that effect. Paint is paint. It's going to need refreshed every couple of years, but you're not going to tear purple paint off of a fence post or off of a tree. The other thing that I read and I hadn't even thought about this, is it protects timber value. I read an article on, you know, you, you've got your main um, log, your trunk log, and you're putting nails in it, and that takes away from timber value. So if you were ever going to have things timbered and, and you've got good timber value in these trees you know you're, you're putting a nail in a black walnut tree or something it could be a thousand dollar tree but over the years you've been hanging no trespass signs on it and you know you're using a new nail every time or something that log you know and, and i don't know how they deal with that you know in the in the timber industry if they see that and and give you less for that tree or if 
because it's full of nails, they won't deal with it. I, I don't know, but I did read an article that it protects trees and, and they even talked about, you know, think about how many, you know, thousands and thousands of trees have been affected by nails because of no trespass, no hunting, those sorts of things. So I guess the other thing I'll, I'll mention about the purple paint laws is I think most of the states are purple paint is no trespass. There are some states where purple paint is specifically for hunting, fishing, trapping. So one example I found of that is Kansas. The purple paint only covers hunting, fishing, and trapping. And basically the purple paint means no hunting or no hunting, fishing, or trapping unless you have written permission. So that makes the law enforcement officers, it, it just makes things clear for them, right? If they, if they see somebody there or, you know, they get a call about a trespasser and they show up and, and find you, if you've got written permission and it's on a purple paint property or, or whatever the case may be, you're in the clear. Or if you don't, then it's, it's very cut and dry, right? You've got written permission or you don't, and it makes it simple for them. So, I guess from there, right, that's that's sort of purple paint in a nutshell. There's specifications on what the marks have to be. So, I think in general, most states are, it's an 8-inch long vertical stripe, 1-inch wide, and it needs to be between 3 and 5 feet off the ground. And then uh, anywhere from, like some states say, they need the marks need to be 25 yards apart. Some states say 100 feet apart, so you know that varies state by state. And so basically, that that sort of starts this conversation of trespassing and and dealing with trespassing. I guess J- Jake, are you were you aware of purple paint laws? How familiar are you with pa- purple paint? Um, I was aware that. It existed. Um, I was not aware prior to kind of researching a little bit for this episode of exactly where it was or that there was differences in some states where it's specifically hunting, fishing, trapping versus no trespassing at all. Um, So I was loosely aware of it. You know, I thought that it I didn't know there was kind of as much detail to the laws. I kind of I've heard that, you know, like you paint your fence post purple, your corner post on your property, um, and that indicates no trespassing. But then that, in my mind, brought up like, well, you don't always enter the corner of a property. Like, how do you, but if it's knowing now that it has to be every so often makes more sense. Right. And I, for some reason, and I don't know where I got this thought or, or sort of got this misconception, but when I had initially heard of purple paint laws, I was under the impression that purple paint was like those were states where you were allowed to access a property unless it was like it was a by default. You're allowed to access private property unless it's marked with purple paint. And I couldn't find an example of that. You know, most of them are no trespass by default. Purple paint is just an a way of marking the property that makes it easy for the landowner to go around and stripe their trees with, or posts or whatever with purple paint. Versus and everybody's having under, signs. Yeah, versus having to hang signs that are, you know, either paper or plastic that fall down, they get torn down. You got to put a nail in your tree. You know, it, it's it's much, I would imagine, more economical to buy a can of paint, a couple cans of spray paint, and faster to walk around and just, you know, spray your trees and be on your way and everything's marked and clear and there's no confusion. Right. So the, the other thing I thought was interesting that I started when I started researching this was Pennsylvania just adopted this. Like they just signed uh, House Bill 1772. Signed it into law on November 27th of 2019, and it goes into effect 60 days from that date. 
So they are now on the list of states that have a purple paint law. So the other states, the other 11 states are Texas, Kansas, Arizona, Montana, Idaho, Florida, Maine, Indiana, North Carolina, Missouri, and Illinois. And I guess Arkansas was the first. Oh, yeah. If you counted, uh, that was probably 10. Arkansas was the first to adopt purple paint laws back in 1989. So now, uh, 60 days after November 27th, Pennsylvania will also be on that list of states that recognize purple paint as no trespassing. Um, so I guess, what are your thoughts on this? Would you like to see purple paint laws in Ohio? You, you just bought a piece of property not too long ago and, um, you know, it's undeveloped now. You guys are going to build a house on it at, at some point. Uh, what are your thoughts as a, as a new kind of property owner on Ohio being a purple paint state? Um, I mean, I, I like the idea, I guess, cause it's more convenient. Um, because, you know, like you said, being a new property owner, I looked into purchasing no trespassing signs. Uh, I don't currently have any issue with trespassing based on, you know, the trail cameras I've run on my property. I don't get random people walking by them, but that doesn't mean that they're not there. I mean, you can always walk behind and around trail cameras. Um, so I don't think I have a huge issue with it, but I've kind of priced out no trespassing signs and, um, they're not cheap either. Uh, if you want to get ones that are more than just, you know, a piece of printer paper that you print one, you know, that'll, the first rain will wash it away. Um, so if you want to get one, that's some sort of laminated or some sort of a plasticky, that's going to last at least through a season or two, they're not cheap. <laughs> um, I mean, it's another expense you got to take into account. Um, so I like the idea from that point of view, plus time, you know, with a young family, time is of the essence. So to spend, you know, to post, I don't even have a huge piece of property, you know, it's 14 acres, but to post the whole thing would probably take me every bit of a weekend, probably if I was going to do it with signs, you know, cause you got to go around and figure out what trees are on the property line or close enough to the property line that can support a sign or, and then you got to figure out how high you want to put the sign. Right. You know, so sometimes that might require taking a ladder around if you want them up out of arm's reach or what the appropriate height is or, you know, there's different things that go into it. But um, so I kind of like the idea. Um, it makes it pretty cut and dry. But then I guess that becomes an education point, too. Because up until I mean, we don't have a purple paint law in Ohio, but up until we kind of looked into it, I didn't necessarily know all that went into purple paint on a property line, what that means. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't try to make a habit of walking around other people's property. So I generally am cautious around property lines anyhow. So if I saw, you know, a property, I use, you know, maps and stuff to see where the lines are. So if I knew I was at the line and saw a bunch of purple paint, I would probably assume something, whether that was they're going to have it timbered or what, I don't know. But um, I like the idea of it, I guess. It's like I said, it's one of those things, though, that opens up kind of what's your stance. I guess if it's just a replacement of a no trespassing sign, it's easier and more convenient, lasts longer, doesn't damage the timber if it is something that you're going to, you know, if your piece does have good timber value. Right. It all makes yeah. sense from that point of view. Yeah, and I—I th I mean, it's hard to argue, right? Like, what if it's just replacing? It's just giving landowners another option for marking their property. Because I mean, right? I, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this has dealt with trespassers 
in some form or fashion. Maybe, you know, it was a genuine mistake and they ended up on your property. Maybe you accidentally ended up on somebody else's property. You know, now with, with the new mapping, you know, Onyx and Hunt Stand and things like that, it, it's much easier to know where you're at if you're on your property or property that you have permission on. But, you know, you're in a situation where you don't have cell service, you know, you get turned around something, you accidentally end up on somebody else's property. If they were, you know, if everybody sort of adopted this purple paint thing, it makes it easy, right? You could, uh, assuming, let's say you had 100% adoption, right? You could walk in the woods sort of freely, not continuing to check your phone until you hit the trees that had purple paint on them and you would know, okay, that's that's the boundary. I can't cross. Right. Um, you know, like you said, adoption would be the thing, right? It, they're, it, they're not going to require, I don't think any states require you to mark your, your trees, but it would, it would make it easier, I think, right? Than maintaining paper signs, plastic signs, whatever. And, you know, if you're a, uh, a landowner that does allow people to hunt and fish, if you know, with permission, then maybe those are, you know, you hang signs that say that purple is, is no trespassing. But if you, you know, with permission, cause I have seen those signs, you know, no hunting without permission contact. And then, you know, the landowner's name and, and phone number or something to, to get permission basically. So if you did, you know, if you're if you're a private landowner that did want to allow, you know, you're fine, you don't hunt, your family doesn't hunt, whatever, and you want to allow people access to hunt, you know, that would be a way to do it, right? You could that way they know where the line is. Right. And then you but you don't worry. have all the signs, right? Right, right. And at that point you don't have to you know, if you're the one that allows it but at some point your property ends and your neighbor starts and they may not. <laughs> so right. it's a nice kind of way to know, like you said, where the line is. Well, and the, the most of the laws that I saw only require, require a single vertical stripe. Um, I'm thinking though, if you, if you, depending which way you're approaching the tree, right, you could miss the mark. You know, I think if it, if it was a thing, right, I would kind of want, you know, maybe the legal mark is a vertical stripe, eight inches long, you know, three to five feet off the ground. But I think I'd also be like putting a ring or something or maybe multiple stripes around the tree just so that depending on which way you're approaching the tree from, the line right. from, the property line, you would know, okay, that's the boundary. Yeah, um, especially because I looked up, um, just because we're talking about a part of the purple paint, you know, obviously that relates to trespassing. So I, I did look up what the trespassing laws are in Ohio. Um, and part of that essentially states uh, that you have to have an intent to enter or stay on the property. So aimlessly or accidentally wandering or stepping onto someone's property unintentionally uh, isn't technically trespassing. So that, of course, anyone who has any type of experience with the law, that's a big gray area. And gray areas are not your friend in the law. <laughs> um, so like you said, if you just have a little stripe or whatever, you meet the legal requirement... I could argue, and I'm sure a lawyer who does it for a living could argue that you did not see the mark and you didn't purposefully trespass. Do you know what section of the Ohio Revised Code that is? Uh, Ohio Revised Code looks like it's 2911.21, I think okay. is the statute. That's the same one. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll put a link to this section of the Ohio Revised Code in the um, the website article that we post with this episode, and yeah, you can read about 
that's a, that's the section in the code on criminal trespass. Right. And so it says, you know, a lot of these statements say, you know, no person with privilege to do so. Oh, let me get this right. No person without privilege to do so shall do any of the following. And they, they all pretty much start with like knowingly enter or remain on the land or premises of another. Right. So quote, right. The first, the first word knowingly enter second one knowingly enter remain on land or premises of another the use of which is lawfully restricted da, 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 da. third one recklessly enter or remain on the land or premises of another um be on the land or premises of another negligently fail or refuse to leave upon being notified by signage posted in a conspicuous place or otherwise being notified to do so by the owner or occupant right Hey, I want to pause here briefly and talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. So Monster Whitetail Grub makes a high-protein deer feed that's actually got mineral mixed into the feed. So once the physical feed is gone, that, that powdered mineral has worked down into the soil, keeps the deer coming back. So it's a great sort of long-term feed. And they've got, they, they add uh, scents into it. So you can get red oak acorn, you can get persimmon, um, I think you can get, there's an apple, so there's a handful of flavors you can get, so it turns it into a long-range attractant. So it's just a really good feed product, we've had really good success with it, it works well for us, and if you're looking for just mineral, they also have that, and they also have flavored corn. So the same flavorings that they put in the, their sort of signature monster whitetail grub feed, you can get that in corn. So, good stuff. Like I said, we've had good luck with it. So if you're looking for feed, either to you know help get your deer through the winter, or if you're looking for mineral, you want to start stocking up on mineral for springtime, check them out. I would encourage you to try their stuff. It works well. It's worked well for us. And go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors. And there'll be a link there on how to get a hold of them and try some of their stuff. And with that, let's get back to the conversation. And interestingly enough, well, I guess before we get into that, in reading through this, um, Ohio is real strict on trespassing on somebody's property while on a snowmobile, off-highway motorcycle, or all-purpose vehicle. I did see that, too. So, they double, yeah. they double yeah. everything. Yeah, um, 2911.21, criminal trespass, uh, section D, uh, number two, says, if the person in committing the violation of this section used a snowmobile, off-highway motorcycle, or all-purpose vehicle, the court shall impose a fine of two times the usual amount imposed for the violation. So somebody at some point was really unhappy about uh, motorized vehicle trespass and so the fines are double what they are if you just you know walk onto somebody's property so right like i said we'll post a a a link to this section of the code you guys can go and read this stuff if you're interested in this we're you know we're by no means lawyers we're just we're just reading the, the the ohio revised code but in reading this uh i actually found that there is a a bill and I, I, I'm bad. I don't, I'm not good on like how proposed bills flow through legislature, but there is a purple paint bill currently in Senate, I think. So it's Senate bill 76. It was originally introduced in February of 2017 and right now, it is in Judiciary Committee for Review, I th- if I'm reading this correctly. Um, so you can, I'll post a link to this as well. But basically, they are proposing to change the wording of that this section of the Ohio Revised Code that we were just, the, the 2911.21, that would include verbiage 
that clarifies because if, if you if you remember when I read oh, what section was that? Um, hang on a second. Where was that? Okay, yeah. 2911.21 um, section A number 4 it was a section about be on the land or premises of another, negligently fail, refuse to leave upon being notified by signage posted in a conspicuous place. So that's, again, like Jacob said, another gray area. So in an attempt to clarify conspicuous place, from, from what I read on this, they are, because um, they say, so you can look at what the, what the verbiage of this proposed change would be to this section of the Ohio Revised Code. And right now, it says, for the purposes of Division A3 of this section, quote, posting in a manner reasonably calculated to come to the attention of potential intruders includes placing identifying purple paint marks on trees or posts in accordance with Division F, Section 2 of this section. Uh, and then it goes on to say, you know, a landowner may place identifying purple paint marks on trees or posts around the landowner's property in accordance with the following. Each paint mark is a vertical line of not less than eight inches in length. Bottom of the paint mark is not less than three feet and not more than five feet from the base of the tree or post. And each paint mark is readily visible and placed not more than 25 yards from the next paint mark. So, Ohio unbeknownst to me until I started looking into this is considering adding purple paint laws or a, a you know verbiage to the Ohio revised code to allow purple paint as a identifying marker of no trespassing boundary lines no trespassing so this is um, the first hearing on this in Judiciary Committee was March 14th of 2017 the second hearing was October 24th of 2017. And interestingly, it notes on here, there were um, witness testimonies from two different Ohio organizations. And they both testified as proponents of purple paint laws. One was, and forgive me if I get these guys' names wrong, but uh, Luke Houghton from Ohio Sportsman's Alliance and you can there's a there's an attached letter or attached document that they submitted saying Sportsman's Alliance supports uh, purple paint laws and and likes it as clarifying boundary lines and things. And then uh, Tony Seegers from Ohio Farm Bureau also testified on October twenty fourth, two thousand seventeen, as a proponent of purple paint laws as a representative from the Ohio Farm Bureau saying, you know, it would be good for farmers to be allowed to mark their property with purple paint. And then that, that text that I was, you know, the proposed text that I was reading came from the attached document from the November 29th, 2018 judiciary committee hearing. That's the third hearing. And then from there, I don't know where it goes or what happens to it, but, that's the current status of it. The, uh, I guess I'll, I'll just because I thought this was interesting, right? That this I'm looking at the Sportsman's Alliance letter here, and uh, says I'll, I'll read some of this real quickly. Sportsman's Alliance and o, and its Ohio members would like to urge you to support Senate Bill 76, sponsored by Senator William Co William Coley, I think a bill which would allow landowners to use purple paint placed on trees or posts to signal no trespassing. Since 1978, the Sportsman's Alliance has defended the rights of Americans to hunt, fish, and trap and supports the scientific management of wildlife, which is funded by licenses and taxes on sportsmen and women. The Sportsman's community has long recognized the importance of respecting the rights of property owners, allowing the use of purple paint to be posted on trees to indicate a clear line between property borders would be beneficial to hunters or trappers, it will allow sportsmen and women to have a clear indication on how close they are to another property and will help ensure nearby neighbors are not disturbed. Already, several other states use purple paint as means to indicate where property lines including 
where property lines, including Kansas, Arizona, Montana, Arkansas, Idaho, Florida, Maine, North Carolina, Missouri, and Illinois. It is our hope, Mr. Chairman, that you and the members of the Senate Judiciary Committee will support Senate Bill 76. This bill will be beneficial to both sportsmen and women, as well as property owners. Uh, please feel free to contact our office with any questions. So, Sportsman's Nation, or not Sportsman's Nation, Sportsman's Alliance and the Farm Bureau are in support of this purple paint law, this proposed um, change to the Ohio Revised Code. And so we'll see. We'll see if it becomes a thing here in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like we said, it, it, it's hard for me to come up with a reason not to do it. Um, you know, I don't know, I guess, coming from a outdoorsman point of view, I would like to know where the property lines are. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, coming from a property owner's point of view, it's easier, cheaper, faster, clearer. You know, there's no way that the sign can fall off when it's paint. You know what I mean? It paint doesn't just fall off a tree overnight in a storm or a trespasser can't come by and conveniently remove the sign and then be like, Oh, I didn't see a sign. Um, I mean, purple paint is what it is. And if you make it a big enough mark, I mean, you can't even, you know what I mean? You can't remove the bark even to right. take it off, you know? So it, from both points of view, it kind of makes sense. I guess if you're a trespasser, it's a bad deal. <laughs> well, yeah, that's um, what I was, you know, cause I'm trying to think of like, an opponent view of this. Right. And, and right. the only thing I can think is if, if you're, and if, Someone you know, if any of you listeners are, are coming up with something better than I would, I would love to hear sort of uh, an opposing view to this. Just, uh, I'm curious cause I'm not coming up with anything other than somebody who kind of likes to flirt with the line. Right. And you can, you can say, Oh, I, I didn't write the law says knowingly enter. Right. Um, you know, that sort of thing. If there's no signs because the the property owner, you know, hasn't gotten back out there to put signs up or they got knocked off in a storm or, or whatever. Right. Those people I could see, you know, right, because it, it, it well, clears up some gray area. Yeah. And it's, I mean, especially with Ohio being a no trespass state, it's not a if it's not posted, you have permission state. You don't have permission no matter what. <laughs> right. Um, you know, you can't like there are some states where if it's not posted, it's considered accessible or public in a sense. Right. Ohio's not one of those states. You are not permitted to enter someone else's property without permission. Granted, the way the law is currently written, if there's not posted signs, you therefore are not willingly entering you can probably knowingly. argue or knowingly, right. Knowingly entering. Um, so there's a way out, so to speak, but it's not like it's going from a point of view where we're going to have all this accessible land that now is going to become unaccessible because of purple paint laws. Right. Um, yeah. You already, already were not right. Right. It's already not accessible. It's already not yours to recreate on legally unless you have permission. It's just a easier way to make it more clear for everyone so that as someone recreating on land, you're not unknowingly breaking the law and ending up having to defend yourself. And as a property owner, it's just easier, faster to make it clear where the lines are for everyone to know. So there's no question. Nobody wants to go to court over a trespassing issue if they don't have to. Right. Yeah. So, so, like I said, I don't, I'm, I don't really see an opposition point. Like you said, if anyone has one, I would like to hear it. We're not by any means legal experts or lawyers. We have zero background in any of that. Right. Um, <laughs> so if someone does have a opposition point, I'd love to hear it. So we could then discuss it further and figure out, kind of what the other side would be but to me it currently my understanding of it it's kind of a no-brainer 
because I yeah, don't see I mean, any reason not to. Yeah, the only thing that that might I just thought of is like we mentioned early is um, education, right? Making everybody aware that purple paint means no trespass, right? A no trespass sign is clear. No trespass, right? It says right. the words no trespass, right? Um, it, it would just be a matter of educating people and there would be an adoption time, right? Like, you know, you, you maybe the first time you stop somebody for trespassing and, you know, they walk past the purple marks, like, hey, man, just so you know, purple paint now means um, no trespass. If they get stopped again, now they, you know, there's a record that, you know, they got a warning or whatever. There's a record saying, hey, you know, you've been stopped before for, you know, unknowingly trespassing when you walked past purple paint, but you were made aware that purple paint is no trespass. This time you're, you know, you're getting a ticket. Um, right. you know, maybe that's an issue, but, th- but that's with anything, right? Anything new, there's an adoption phase. There's a, there's an education time where you got to make people aware of the change. And that would be, you know, up to right the news outlets, podcasts like ours to, to get the word out, um, you know, friends and family, that sort of thing. Hey, real quick, if you're enjoying this episode, if you like this conversation, do me a favor, take a screenshot of whatever you're listening to this on, whatever player you're listening to this on, and share it to either your Instagram stories, your Facebook stories, or right into your feed if you want. And when you do that, one, if you tag us, which I hope you do, it lets us know that, yep, thumbs up, we liked it. And two, it allows all of your friends and family and contacts, whoever, you know, follows your your feed, your stories, whatever, see the episode, and maybe they'll be interested in listening to it. So it helps get the word out, basically. So I would really, really appreciate that. And I'll let you get back to the conversation now. So the other thing, and, you know, this is the beauty of, of uh, having a sort of un, unscripted conversation. You mentioned there are some states that if they are not posted, uh, you know, private property, if it is not posted, you're allowed to access it. And I don't know the specifics of the laws, but, you know, I've heard through you know, watching YouTube videos or, or whatever, I, I've, I've heard and or seen that. But what are your what are your thoughts on that? If like, would you like to see that in Ohio where you have to post your property to to make it no trespass? Otherwise, you're allowed access. Oh, oh that's I mean, because we've heard dad talk where back when he was a kid. It was, you know, the I think the law was the same as it is now, but people didn't get real bent out of shape about it, right? It was, it, it was kind of like that, where as long as they didn't have no trespassing signs, you could cut across, cut, cut across their property, or and I don't know, I don't want to say that he, you know, hunted on somebody else's property, but it wasn't a big deal to cut through somebody's property or, or something like that, or, you know, right, right. not necessarily trapped on somebody, you know, cause he did trapping when he was, he was a kid. Um, but it was right. sort of reversed in that as long as it wasn't posted, it wasn't a real big deal. People were more laxed about it. Like, yeah, you know, you want to come across or, you know, if you shot a rabbit that was technically on their property, you know, as eh, you know, it's no big deal that, you know, the, it, it, I wasn't there of course. Um, but it, you know, through hearing stories, it sounds like property lines were more of like a band because they didn't have the apps back then. Right. It was like, right. Yeah. Somewhere in here is this guy's property, you know? Right. It, it wasn't like now nah, where we have accurate GPS where you pretty much know within a couple feet or at least a couple yards of like where the line is. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, anymore, there's no, I mean, I can't say there's no excuse, but there's really not much of an excuse anymore to be unknowingly on someone else's property. Right. Um, 
you know, because I mean, even if you don't use a quote unquote pay app, you know, like on X or something similar that has, but property lines or whatever. Um, I mean, there's free stuff out there that you can still get at least ballpark. You know, I, I would say if you're going to be hunting somewhere, it's almost your responsibility as the hunter to at least have an idea of where the lines are going to be. And you can save all that stuff offline where you don't even need cell service pretty much if you do it right. <laughs> um, so, it, yeah, I mean, I. but back to the question about do I think Ohio, I mean... I'm kind of, I don't know. I can see part of me says no, that's the property owner side of me. Um, I don't, cause then that's just forcing the property owner to do more work to essentially protect their own property. Um, you know, I mean, I own it. I paid for it. I shouldn't be forced to do something else to keep people off of it. You should be the one doing the due diligence and asking me to access it. I shouldn't have to, you know, I don't know. Um, but on the same token, the majority of property in Ohio in the grand scheme of things is not that big. Um, when you start comparing to out West, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, out West there's properties that are hundreds of thousands of acres, you know, ranches at that point. I would be very against forcing someone to mark their entire boundary because that's a lot of work. (laughs) Um, you know, it's a lot of work to even do a couple hundred acre property lines, you know, or whatever. But a lot of times those type of bigger properties already have fences because they're farming property, cattle property, whatever it is, there's already fences that make it a little easier to post because, if you have purple paint laws, you can just paint your posts or you already have a post there that you can put a sign on. Um, but I, I don't know. I like it from the sportsman side of things. Cause it would open up property, the questionable type properties to where it's like, do they allow it? Do they not allow it? My dad used to hunt here, but or, you know, grandpa used to hunt here and then my dad hunted here, but now both of them are passed away. Am I still allowed to hunt here? Are they okay with hunting? Are they not okay with hunting? It would, you know, kind of clear that up. If they don't post it, then they must be okay with it. (laughs) Um, but again, from the other side, that's, I know people don't like to knock on doors anymore because we're a society that doesn't have face-to-face communication. Um, but that's pretty easily cleared up. All you got to do is go knock on their door and yeah. say, Hey, you know, my grandpa hunted here. My dad hunted here. They're no longer around. I just want to make sure it's still cool if I hunt here <laughs> right? or whatever. But, um, so I, I could see arguments to both sides, but I would say I probably lean more towards, no, I would not want Ohio to be a, if it's not posted, it's public. I don't really. I well, and say... I, I, I think my my logic was the other way. In that Ohio, the the parcels are so small. I mean, yeah, you have some properties that are still a couple hundred acres, but you know thousands of acres, uh, you know, multi-thousand acre properties aren't really a thing in Ohio, right? And so I think from a safety standpoint, you know, people forget to, don't have the means to, whatever, you wander on somebody else's property. And I, I don't know, I guess though it's like, it's like public ground, right? You got to have your, your orange on or, or whatever, but, um, one, I guess because Ohio isn't that way and hasn't been that way, it, it would never, you would never get it passed, right? I mean, that has to come from s- sort of like the beginning, right? Like we've got an ethic in this state that, you know, we just, 
let people on our property and but you just can't extract resources from it if you will uh, that's not right. right like that's the only way that that I see that working and I was thinking you know some of these big huge properties out in out west yeah I get, I get that it's a lot of work to have to mark them but at the same time like me coming across your property you know you would never even know right, right. they would right they would never know and so for me so, yeah i think especially it kind of makes if you're a not little... physically crossing a fence right yeah because I mean? like, that's a big a thing right climbing right. across the fence you're tearing the fence up right but yeah if you're just arbitrarily kind of crossing a arbitrary line in the middle of big timber or in the middle of a wide open out west you know wide open prairie what's the difference <laughs> or you know like say you got a river bottom that you can't farm that runs through your property. You know, I don't care if you guys go down in there and hunt, but I don't want you coming through my fields or anything. You could, I could see, you know, you could purple paint your field edges or whatever. The river bottom's still your property, but you know, as long as you stay between the purple paint marks or whatever and stay in this kind of river bottom area that I can't farm because it's too wet or it floods or whatever, you know, and it's, I got a thousand acre chunk of property and it's way in the back and I, I never even stepped foot in there. You right. know, why not? I, I could see that being a thing, right? It, 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 to me, like I can only make it sort of make sense in these scenarios where you got a big, huge chunk of property and, you know, sections of your property that you, you might not go to in a year, right? You might not step foot in that, in that, part of your property for a year or more just because you're you're running cattle you're farming whatever got no reason to be in there why not let people hunt it right whereas here right you got 15 acres you got 25 acres you got 40 acres like you know all of that property intimately like y y y there's no sort of quote-unquote forgotten peace right it's right it's all right there right and so it's just too small too fragmented i mean i guess not posting if if you had to post and people didn't post it could sort of unfragment fragmented ground if that makes any sense but you know i just it would never fly here and i don't know that I think I agree that I wouldn't I wouldn't want it in Ohio as much as you know the sportsman side of me you know wants to be able to just go and roam. I just don't think it would work here in Ohio. You know, I, I just I don't know. Well, yeah, and this is just coming from because of the property I purchased. Um, you know, it's fourteen acres, but it's not a fourteen acre square block. So, like in terms of shooting, you know, I got 14 acres, I can do some shooting and, but I have to really be responsible and alert and aware because even though it's 14 acres, I very easily can, if I'm not careful, my shots will be, you know, they'll leave my property. Right. So if there's people driving their four wheelers up through the farm field that's behind my property. And at this point they're not on my property, but if it was a situation where I didn't post and they could access it at that point, I almost have to walk my entire property to make sure no one's on it before I go sight in my new rifle I got for Christmas. Right. Yeah. You know, and at that point that's just another chore so to speak for me to make sure my property's clear before i use my own property which is kind of screwed up right. yeah <laughs> you know i mean it obviously as the person doing the shooting you have to be responsible you have to make sure that what's beyond your target is safe um but at the same time like you should be able to assume that there's no one on your property if it's your property right yeah <laughs> you know so like yes i know 
that there's a hill back there that's going to make it safe beyond my target. And I should be able to trust and know that there's not anyone back there if I didn't give anyone permission to be back there. So it's just the pieces are too small. Like you said, it's not. If it was thousands upon thousands of acres where it's like, I don't know or care who's on that other side of the property because I don't go there. I don't use it. It's kind of just extra. Yep. At that point, it, I could see your argument to where it's like you might as well allow that to be open. Yeah. But you could kind of do the same thing where even if it wasn't public, if it's not posted, you can almost post it public, public hunting, and then just put your purple posts where you want them to stop. Or, put yeah. your, you know what I mean? You could yeah. open it up that way. Again, you have to worry about keeping signs posted, but you could, there are public hunting signs that down, you know, down by where we hunt down at our cabin, there's some public areas that are posted public. Granted, they're not private posted public. They're actual public hunting that someone has put public hunting signs up, but you could kind of do the same thing if you wanted to open part of your property up to hunting. You could just, you know, say public hunting and then put your purple posts or posted signs or whatever you want to use wherever you want to draw the line, even if it's within your property boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I would like to see is the ability to retrieve a deer from private property without explicit permission. And I realize that opens up a lot. You know, you would have to word that very carefully so that it was clear and, you know, cause I could see people abusing that and maybe it's only, you know, if, if, uh, here's what, if you can visibly see the deer from the property line, you know, cause I, you know, you could, you could have people, right? Like, you know, oh, I'm not on blood, but I, I think he went this way. Right. And, and you know, you're quote unquote tracking a deer you know, it, it gets messy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's, if you can see the deer, then yeah, I can walk over there, grab the deer, come back instead of, you know, having to, to find who owns the property, which now like we've talked is, is a lot easier, but still getting a contact him, you know, I mean, you have an address, but a lot of times you don't get a phone number. So somehow getting in contact with the property owner, explaining the situation, getting permission, you know, it, 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 I've heard horror stories of people, you know, trying to retrieve a deer, trying to do the right thing. Deer ran across the property line and it turns into a poo sandwich, you know, with, with a, right. a, a anti-hunting or non-supportive neighboring property owner. And, you know, it just, at times, right. It, it can cause, you to not use part of your own property for fear of the deer running across the property line onto right. a neighbor that doesn't allow hunting, doesn't like hunting, is is anti-hunting, you know, and so that's that's kind of wrong, right? Like, I can't use part of my property because I'm afraid the deer's going to run across and the neighbor's not going to let me access to, to retrieve it, you know, so I, I think they're I don't know exactly what the the law would say, but I think there's a way that you could word it where you could, you'd be allowed to retrieve a deer on a neighboring property owner's property without explicit permission, you know, or, or anything, right. A a rabbit, a a pheasant, you know, the squirrel falls across the property, you know, whatever, you know, you shoot a bird jumps up, you know, shoot a pheasant and it, it lands on a neighbor's property. I think, you know, as a not wanting to waste the the wild game resource that, that we have, I would like to see you be allowed to retrieve those things without explicit permission. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see, like you said, the same thing, but in an absolute worst case scenario, I think Ohio does need to adopt that you are permitted to be escorted to retrieve game there you go not, 
you know what I mean, by a game warden, police officer, whatever it is, the homeowner cannot, right, the property, whoever, but the property owner cannot refuse access to a game warden, so to speak. Because at this point, I shoot a deer, goes on your property, I can't even call the game warden, and they don't, you know, the game warden is going to do their best to try and convince that property owner that, hey, you should let him go get it. But by law, they don't have to. Right. Um, I think that should change because that is a public resource. Um, so I feel like at that point, when you're refusing access to it, you're kind of crossing that line of it's not, you know what I mean? It's not yours to refuse right to it, kind of. Right. Yeah. They're kind of a real gray, strange line there because um, it is your property to refuse right to, but the resource is not yours <laughs> just like it's not mine um you know i'm harvesting a public resource the deer is not owned by anyone so it's kind of a strange area but i think that that should be added to where in that case if if needed the game warden has basically a permission where you have to if you want to escort them, that's fine, but you have to allow the game warden at least onto your property to retrieve the deer so it's not wasted. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Um, you know what I mean? At that point, if you don't want to let me go get it, that's fine, but you have to at least let the game warden go get it. And, you know, I, that way it's not wasted. Worst, right. absolute worst case scenario, the game warden can donate it. If, you know what I mean? If it's that big of a thing where you don't want me to have it because you and I get along that poorly, but at least it's not rotting away or the, you know, or the coyotes, yeah. somebody can enjoy it. Yeah. But I'd yeah, like to like at least said, see that. Well, right. Like you said, it's a public resource. I, I think technically uh, until you've, you know, put your tag on it, it's a, it's a public resource. And then you like your tag your tag number, your confirmation number is sort of your permission slip to be in possession of that pub. You sort of take ownership of it at that point. Right. But yeah, I mean, until you've gone over there and, and put your hands on it, it's, it's, it's still a public resource and, and yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to, I mean, it's, it's private property, right? It's, it's private property owner rights. You know, you're restricting access to a public resource, but I I didn't, you know, attempt or intend to harvest it on your property. It it just, you know, an unknown variable, it ran onto your property and. Right. I mean, obviously we're not at all talking about like, I'm hunting across the property line onto your property and killing an animal. Right. We are purely talking about, I am on my property. The animal is on my property. I attempted to harvest it on my property and it just so happened to go onto your property. Right. Um, you know, I'm not saying we should be allowed to sit on the property line and hunt as far as I can see onto your property. That's not at all what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, you know, you are only allowed to hunt where you have permission to hunt. But I hate to see a poor relationship with a neighbor or an anti-hunting neighbor, you know, waste a public resource. Um, right. Yeah. You know, because essentially that's what happens. Yeah. So, that's... uh. I think all I had, I think that's a good, probably a good place to wrap it up with this. It was an interesting conversation, you know, like these ones are always kind of, uh, it's always interesting to see where they go or, or where they end up when, you know, we kind of have a, a starting point and then, you know, let the conversation go where it may. So I'd be interested to hear some of your, you know, you listeners opinions on some of this stuff. You know, what do you think about the purple paint law what do you think about our our sort of proposed um we should come up with a name for that but like you know right to retrieve or or, or something like that um let us know your thoughts on that and 
if you hunt other states or, or, you know, you visit other states and you happen to be a little more familiar with some of their private property laws and purple paint laws or, or access laws, you know, I'd, I'd be interested to hear some of that stuff too. So send us a message. You can, you know, you guys know, you can find us on Facebook at Ohio Huntsman, Instagram at Ohio Huntsman underscore podcast. You can go to our website, OhioHuntsman.com and, and there's a contact us section there. Lots of ways to get in touch with us and, uh, Give us your thoughts. So, thanks. All right, so that's going to do it for this week. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this conversation. Hopefully it was interesting. And like we said in there, send us a message, uh, you know, either or either comment on the post we make on this or, or just shoot us a private message and give us your opinion. Give us your thoughts on purple paint laws, if you think it's a good idea, if you think it's a bad idea, and, and why. You know, just... Maybe some some your some of your thoughts on why you think it's a good idea or why you think it would be a bad idea. And as always, we like engaging with you guys and, and interacting with you. So I would appreciate that. And continue to listen, continue to, to share the episodes, to share the content, and make sure you're subscribed. That way you automatically get notified each week when we when we release a new episode and you don't have to go looking for it. With that, I think that's it. I ha- I think that's everything I had for you guys this week. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for spending this uh, whatever hour, whatever the whatever the episode length ended up being with us. And uh, I'll let you get back to work, your drive, your your workout, whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Mm-hmm.